welcome back. Welcome to 2022. Welcome to 2022. It feels some a bit like the beginning of 2021, to be honest. Yeah, it's true. Maybe a bit less Adam films coming out this year. Uh, and I guess, well, Andy's got some projects coming up, but yeah. uh, but in a lot of other ways, it feels a lot like 2021, to be honest. We're still semi in quarantine, semi, yeah. uh, semi being attacked by attacked. a new variant. We're hitting that seasonal quarantine, you know, it's like a, it's a, the seasonal quarantine. I don't like it. Not a fan. No. I mean, I'm not locked down or anything, but I've definitely like tapered my interactions for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been uh, very busy setting up a photo studio in your house. Yes. Yes. It's exciting. We had a whole extra room that we didn't know mm-hmm. what we were going to do with. It was just mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know. And so Let's like be creative with it. Yeah, exactly. So we're taking pictures. We have a light light set set set, set up yesterday. Um, so my partner has these these uh, basically they're like headlights, but they're like mm-hmm. different colors. So like yesterday we tried some ye- yellow lights that they're essentially like LEDs that are like this big, but they're so bright. Like I don't know if you saw that that picture. It's up on. Uh, Hedge Hodges, Bod Paws, my, oh, my Instagram. I don't know if I saw those. So it's yellow, mm-hmm. and that is just from a little okay. little L- LED, and it lit up the whole ba- background. That's um, so fun. So like, so I'm yeah. good. You're gonna learn all this lighting stuff, and then I'm gonna be like, ask. I'm gonna be like, Sarah, I need you to be my my gaffer now. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll learn oh, some things. I don't know. I'll learn some things. Yeah. But that's exciting. You get to experiment with that and learning that stuff for your photo shoots and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. So that's new. That's something Mm -hmm. different. Yeah. So that's good. New We shot a film. We did. At the end of 2021. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right before Omicron came in crashing like the Kool-Aid man. Mm -hmm. Um, We shot a film called Could This Have Been an Email? It could. It could it have. Could have um, which is uh, starring our friend David Davis and mm-hmm. uh, Car- and our other friend Carla Jennings. Um, and uh, it's about a, a group of people who are terrified that they might have to speak to someone on the phone. I, uh, yeah, it's truly terrifying. I mean, could there be terrifying. anything more scary than that? Yeah. And I, I have been editing it. So that's what I've been doing. Ooh, it's going well. Nice. I, you know, not to not to be that guy, but I'm very amused with us and pleased with ourselves <laughs> at this moment. Yeah. I mean, I watched the uh, the footage with Nicole mm-hmm. yeah. uh, last week or a few weeks ago or whatever, and uh, mm-hmm. it looks great. Yeah. It, I mean, it turned out really fucking cool, and I'm pretty excited about it. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We're hoping to finish that up, you know, in the next month or so, and kind of taking our time with it uh welcome welcome listeners to the adam and andy podcast i'm one of your hosts nicole i'm your other host sarah and uh we're welcoming you back uh or welcoming you for the first time if you're just joining us um welcome to the third season of 
whatever this is. <laughs> <laughs> the Adam uh, and Andy fan club. Right. Uh, so, of course, uh, this is a podcast where Sarah and I alternate watching the filmographies of our two favorite actors, Adam Driver and Annie Samberg. Um, and this week, we are going to be wrapping up the emotional, uh, twisty, turny roller coaster. I almost that- texted you a few times during the episode. I was like, but she's not at the same place that I am. Like, <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, I really want to talk to Sarah, but I got to wait. Um, the season, the series finale of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Which is only one episode. It's just a long episode. Yeah. It was like, yeah, usually they're about 23 minutes, which is a standard sitcom length. And this, this one was, was 46. 40, yeah, 46. On IMDb, they call it parts one and two. Hmm. So Hulu did not, did no, not have a part Hulu one and two. Was That's just like, I, here you go. I was a little confused. I was a little concerned. I was like, I was like, oh shit, there's not a 10th episode. Where's the 10th episode? And then I, I started it and I was like, oh, it's a long one. No. Oh. Yeah, it, it had been a while for me um, since we had watched. It feels like a long time, <laughs> not just because we took a break from the show for the holidays, but also because, um, sorry, I'm going to adjust my mic here. Uh, also because we had taken a break to watch Baking It. Um, That's true. And we did like two Adam weeks in a row, I think. Mm-hmm. Like we did like an Adam and an Adam, and then we did mm-hmm. baking it. And so mm-hmm. it's really been a long time since we watched C- Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So mm-hmm. uh, I had to go back and kind of remind myself what happened at the end of the Yeah, they had some previous call- callbacks to the er- er- earlier part of the, oh, yeah. the, se- the, the season. Oh, yeah. Like, for real. But we'll get into all of that. Before we do, though, Sarah, uh, are you ready for some Adam and Andy news? Of course. Okay. I'm going to have to get my phone out. I love how willing willing you are to dive into that. Well, what if I said no? What if I, I know like, what if you're no. like fuck Skip your that part. news. Um so there was a lot of stuff. I mean, it's not like there were a lot of premiere. Well, there was a premiere if you think about it. Uh but uh there wasn't a lot a lot of stuff, but because we were gone for so long, like it's been about a month I think since we last recorded. Uh I do have quite a bit of stuff here. Would you like to start with Adam? Or Andy first? Adam. Okay. So, uh, okay. God, where do I start here? Um, So, as we all know, uh, the Golden Globes, which weren't even televised. I didn't even realize this, but the the Golden Globes happened. They didn't televise them. So, fuck the Golden Globes. Anyway, Adam, of course, snubbed for the Golden Globes. Why didn't they televise them? Did they record them at all? Uh, No, there was no, like, televised ceremony. I think they just, like... Just gave them out? Gave out awards, yeah. Just like I, sent them in an e- email, just like, hey, you won. Yeah, it was like, it's like when you, it's like when you enter one of those like sort of sketchy film festivals where they send yeah. you, they're like, download your laurel. And you're like, did I submit to this? I don't remember <laughs> submitting to this. Um, but anyway, uh, the SAG Awards were also announced, which I think most actors tend to value pretty highly because those are awards from their peers. Um Adam was not nominated in the SAG Awards for Best Actor, unfortunately, but the House of Gucci Ensemble was nominated for a SAG Award, so that's exciting. Uh, We'll see uh, if they win that. I think other things in competition are like Don't Look Up is one of them. Uh, Those were some great performances. I love that film. I think Jared Leto got nominated for a SAG... I just am like, why? Why are we awarding... 
why are we encouraging him? No. Like the the most acting doesn't mean the best acting. <laughs> He's a buffoon. I'm sorry, oh but he God. almost ruined that. He almost ruined that movie for me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't want to get negative here, so I'm not going to d- dwell on that. But I think Adam's performance was beautiful and nuanced, and Jared Leto was it was a fucking clown. I don't know why mm-hmm. he keeps getting nominated. It's very confusing to me. Um, I don't know. Maybe I would. I don't know if I would feel differently if I didn't dislike Jared Leto as much as I do, but I do feel like it's like not just a bias. Like I feel like his performance was confounding to me. Yeah. Anyway. uh, So uh, Adam has actually been nominated for quite a few other awards. I didn't list them all, but there's a lot of um, critics awards and, uh, Euro- European and French awards for uh, or nominations, I would say he has a. I think they. I think the Annette did win. Uh, I can't remember the name of the award, but I know it's a French. Uh, you know, a, a French award for. Uh, I believe he won. Uh, Annette won for best uh, director and best song. Anyways, uh, he's been nominated for a number of things from crit- at critics awards and things for both the last duel and Annette. So he is getting some recognition there, just not from things like the Golden Globes. And obviously, uh, we don't know the Oscar nominations yet. So there's still a possibility, but I don't know. I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm disappointed. Uh, I feel like, come on, the guy like guy cranked out like three very different. I mean, I don't have to preach the choir here, I guess, but three very different electrifying performances. Also, Jodie Comer. I'm just like mad. Because I think Jodie Comer did a really good job in the last duel. So I'm mm-hmm. upset that she's not getting recognized either. Anyhow, so that's some of that. Um, Adam also, an interview came out. Uh, I did pull a quote from it because I wanted to get your response to this. Um, so it, it was in W Magazine. Both he and Lady Gaga were in there. Uh, so question from the interviewer. Uh Oh, what I wanted to say, I guess, is that so he says in this interview that uh, we all know that Adam doesn't watch his own stuff, right? Like we know that he's very famously does not watch his own things. He did watch the Burberry ad, though. He said, really? He says, I don't like to watch my films, but I actually watched the Burberry ad. I wanted to see it. Um, I love horses. Oh, <laughs> I know, so right? cute. I love horses. I know. That's so right? cute. So he did watch <laughs> just for the horse, just for the horse. I know. He's, he's like, I want to like, see myself stroking that horse. Exactly. Um, so I'm just like trying to picture Adam just watching this like crazy fever dream ad. Uh, and he's and just like, just, he's like, I'm okay, but that horse. He's, exactly, he's like, that horse is giving <laughs> the performance of its life. <laughs> it probably um, was. I know. Right. He looked, I mean, he was swimming really hard. <laughs> Remember that article that came out where he said he had to keep his hands away from the horse's mouth so his fingers didn't get bitten? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember oh, that. God. Um, oh, and another thing that... So Adam doesn't have any projects scheduled to be shot in 2022. He has gone back into his hermit cave. We don't know what his next, next project is. Of course, White Noise and 65 are coming out this year. No release date for 
uh, White Noise, but we believe 65 is coming out in April. I think that's the last thing that I heard. Can't wait for the dinosaurs. I know. I'm looking forward to those dinosaurs. So everyone is, Twitter is trying to speculate what they think his next project will be. Might he be a play. A play. Yeah, I could see mm-hmm. that. I could see him doing he a play. He likes plays. And he would be able to stay close to home if he did that. He wouldn't mm-hmm. have to. He's been doing a lot he has of a ba- He has a kid. Not a baby, a, a kid. I mean, it's a young, Two, he's a young old, child. He's like four I'm, or okay. something. He's very young. Yeah. So if he did a play, he could stay closer to home. So maybe he'll do that. I think that some people are speculating that maybe he'll be back in the Star Wars universe at some point. I'm certainly hoping that happens. Uh, I have a belief in my heart that it will, but maybe not this soon. Does I feel he... like there's going to be a 10 year gap between those stories that at least that's my feeling. Does he have the urge to make stuff? Like, does he just act? Is he just a a, a vessel for other pe- pe- people's work, or does he want to make his own? I just stuff? love the way that you said "vessel." I just really like that. <laughs> um, uh, he he was a producer on Annette. He's a credited producer on Annette. He has never seemed to express any interest in writing or directing. Um, but that doesn't mean that he won't do that. Uh, at some point it seems like I, I believe the last thing I read was that he was taking he's like I need a break he's like I want to be home with my family I'm gonna take some time off I think somebody spotted him on vacation somewhere um but can he afford to take a break Nicole can he afford the dude is can fucking loaded do you mean can he afford it like career-wise or money-wise I think he is like swimming in money he's swimming <laughs> in that Burberry money right now Sarah. <laughs> swimming in it and the i mean besides the movies he's got burberry he's got the watch company you know he's got cash coming in i think he can do whatever the fuck he wants star Mm -hmm. wars are you kidding me i'm sure he's still getting money from like star wars shit toys yeah i mean he is i think he can do whatever the fuck he wants probably Mm -hmm. um Maybe he'll quit acting completely. Don't say that, Sarah. My heart, that's the sound (laughs) of my heart breaking. He's going to open his own rotisserie chicken company. (laughs) And he's just going to, we're going to see him on uh, on the, uh, in YouTube ads. In between our videos that we watch on YouTube, we're going to see ads, Adam in an apron, similar to what he wore on while we were young, hawking rotisserie chicken. (laughs) um so the last bit of adam news i have is that uh this is more like a girl's i guess news or uh lena dunham recently gave an interview um let me get this up because i had it in my bookmarks uh lena dunham recently gave an interview uh with the hollywood reporter where she was talking about some of her new projects uh and the subject of girls came up and uh she said as proud of the shows we are, there aren't any plans to bring girls back. It's great to know new viewers will continue to discover the series. We all recognize it's not time yet. I want to. I want it to be at a moment when the characters' lives have really changed. Right now, everyone would just be wanting to see Kylo Ren. Um, I don't know if you have any responses to that or the idea of a girl's, like a sex in the city, uh, just like that kind of reboot. You're shaking your head like that's not something you want. 
No, no. I feel like uh, when the show first, like the first season of Girls, I was in that place in my life. Mm -hmm. And then like the seasons kept going on and I kept growing up and the Mm -hmm. girls didn't. Mm -hmm. And then by the end it was done. I was like, what is wrong with them? Like, Mm. I just couldn't relate to them anymore. Um, You had grown up and they had. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Hannah has a child at the end. I think Jessa does some growing up. I mean, I wouldn't say they've grown up any less than the Sex and the City girls did or women. I mean, they're all women. None of them are girls. But Maybe in 15 years, it'll be like a girl's new blood situation where they'll like God, have no. like a no. girl like no. will be like in high school. Fuck no, <laughs> uh, I would watch a girl's re like a, a like a like a limit like a movie, maybe like a two hour thing, but only if. They were like middle aged. Like I want to see them middle aged. I want to know what's going on with them at middle age. I want to know uh, how they're dealing with the transition of like, you know, where you are sort of faced with your own mortality as your time the time ticks on and you're trying to and you're more comfortable with yourself. Like I think there's we talk about the negatives of middle age. Obviously, gravity is a huge problem. Uh, my eyesight is absolute shit. Um, but there's a lot of other things. Like there's a certain level of comfort you have with yourself that I don't know that they ever reached in their story. Um, you know, what is Hannah like as a parent of an older child? Like, did she ever, did her, did she, have, what happened with her writing? Like, um, Jess, what happened with Jessa? Like, did Jessa ever stay in one place or, uh, where, you know, anyway, these are all things that I would like to see it looks like you don't but i would I be more really... interested in that than a sex in the city whatever that is i'm just not a big sex in the city fan so i was just like ah, i don't really give a shit about yeah this. sex in the city like was something that like i thought was cool when i was in high school but it's very problematic mm-hmm. and it continued to be mm-hmm. and i didn't watch the the reboot or or whatever i have no interest in that um girls i just like by the end of the last season of girls i just disliked all of them so thoroughly mm, and sure. i just like the the a- a- actresses too like when i learned about them mm. and their personal lives like i was mm. just like that's it, so. it's interesting you say that because here's something i wanted to say about that and i was gonna save this for our rewatch of girls which we will do at some point uh, tweeted us at Adam Andy Pot if you want us to get the jump on watching girls at some point. We're just kind of waiting until it feels like the right time to watch it. Um, but we will cover it. Um, here's the thing. I am really confused uh, by uh, how all the all the hatred, this like deep hatred for Lena Dunham, it, it confuses me. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that and, and ignore the fact that she has said a lot of idiotic things or that she's privileged or that she often acts like a white woman with a capital W. Um, but I feel like our society generally gives men the kind of leeway to make mistakes that women are not given. Mm-hmm. And so men can go around not just saying stupid things, but behaving in a way that is abusive and uh, toxic, and yet 
we will give them a pass, whether they apologize or not. In a lot of cases, like I feel mm-hmm. like men are being held to task a bit more, but people are so much more, more willing to fulfill to to forgive the faults of men in, in uh, creators. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. It's like, yeah, Lena Dunham has said some stupid shit, but she was also like 25 years old and had like millions of Twitter followers. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can go back over the six years that we've podcasted. I'm sure I've said idiotic shit. To me, it's like if someone says something that hurts people and then says, you know what, that was shitty of me and I should do better. And then they try to do better. That says some that's that means something to me. And 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 it's like I'm also thinking about Josh, Josh, Joss Whedon and all the stuff that's come out. I mean, obviously, that's been ongoing, but another article came out about him this week. I don't know if you read that but he based it was him it. justifying like there were a lot of people who've come out and said joss whedon is an abusive toxic person who's ruined you know the work environments that he's in and specifically i'm thinking about how on the justice league movie how gal gadot was didn't 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 like her experience working with him said it was unpleasant and he basically said here's what he said can you believe this it makes my blood boil sarah he said that gal gadot there was a language barrier and she just didn't understand him that she didn't understand his flowery language that made me so furious like that joss whedon has time and time again proven himself to be an abusive shitty person who has made a career out of pretending to be a feminist and making women-centric stories. Just so he can keep working. And he gets, and he keeps getting this work. And I understand we're at a point where maybe we're ready to reject him, but for how long, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree about the, the women thing. I just personally dislike her, not for her mistakes, but just mm-hmm. like her personality, nah, nah, nowadays just rubs me the wrong way i just i just don't what like in interviews like, like that you've read or i'm just trying to parse out um interviews yes but also her writing mm-hmm. um and the things i've read that she said like i read her book and mm-hmm. um yeah we both did and i don't know i just like again like her she being, rubs you the wrong way she she rubs me the wrong way it's not i'm not mad at her for specific mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. It's just her as a person. I'm just like, I and know that's it's okay. That's okay. I'm just saying, but also Sarah, I haven't you, I haven't heard you speak about her in the like, just really hateful way that I've heard a lot of other people speak about her on the internet. I think it's fine. I don't, you don't hate her. I just, yeah, you don't, you're not, you don't like her personality. That's fine. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about this when we get to girls. Uh, and you know, I, whatever your feelings are, if you don't like her, that's fine. I don't, I I actually, you know, I think she's a great writer and she brought something to the screen that I hadn't seen a whole lot, uh, which is a complicated, selfish, flawed woman. And I, I feel like men have been heralded for years writing characters like that about themselves and mm-hmm. um anyway we'll talk more about that when we get to girls uh so what i'll hear i'll wrap this up this discussion about girls by saying like where do you think if adam Sack if they did a reboot of girls when they're middle-aged where do you think adam sackler would be i forget where they so left he off. ends up he's an actor he had just made his indie film and he was with jessa 
but it was kind of on the rocks. Like it wasn't, I don't think it was clear if they were going to stay together for much longer. I think that Adam is probably like a, uh, a bachelor still probably. You think so? Um, yeah. Probably has like a dog and, mm-hmm. um, and like has like, one night stands and stuff but probably doesn't have like a long-term relationship Mm -hmm. i don't know okay i think that's fair uh i would like to see either an adam sackler who is an unconventional like he's he has settled down but it's like really unconventional and maybe has a couple of kids and it's like a really like everybody's really fucking weird i'd like to see something like that or maybe like take the take a bit of adam driver's real life persona and like say that maybe Adam Sackler became like a really big actor and has to deal with fame. I'd be interested in that. I'd like to come back to Adam Sackler as somebody who's dealing with fame and like doesn't really know how to do that and isn't doesn't know how to behave appropriately in a way that doesn't get himself in hot water. You know, like what would it be like? I mean, Adam Driver doesn't have Twitter, but maybe Adam Sackler does, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) what would Adam Sackler say on Twitter that his publicist would be like, drinking like a gallon of Pepto-Bismol every morning. Um, I think that there's a potential for more story there and I'd be interested to see it, but not right now. I don't need it right yeah. now. When it's they're in their soon. 50s. Yeah, and then I'll be in my 60s. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> um, okay, that's a lot of Adam. Let's move on to Andy. Uh, Hotel Transylvania Transformania. Transformania is on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so that's out. My kids have watched it. They fucking watched it without me. I'm going to watch it at some point. Uh, but they were they loved it. They love all of those movies. They As yeah. soon as they saw the thing pop up in Amazon Prime, they were like, I need to see this. So they loved it. A um, couple things that happened. Of course, Andy was on the press circuit. I love that Andy never goes. Andy has not. I don't think Andy has left his house in like eight months because every time I see him giving an interview it's in his fucking room and he's got the same like bamboo like <laughs> like shade behind him uh he's given a lot of interviews but never in person he's always at his house which uh, is good for you man he's like no I'm doing all of this over zoom from now on anyway he told some he told some interviewer that he won't get into tiktok because he doesn't want to be the old guy on tiktok he does, I don't know how you feel about that. <gasps> Just the idea that he's the old guy. Like, he was, like, the hot, young, like, whippersnapper on, on SNL. I know. I know. And he's like, I'm in my 40s now, and I am not doing TikTok, apparently. Oh, my God. I, that, if n- n- nothing else today makes me feel old, that makes me feel old. That Andy Samberg, this, like, who is, like, this young, like, Everyone was like, he's the new guy. Mm-hmm, like when mm-hmm. I was in high school and now he's mm-hmm. like, I'm too old for TikTok. I'm just like, oh God. You know what though? It's like, I get it. I'm t- I think I'm too I'm probably too old for TikTok. I'm too old for TikTok. My husband loves TikTok. He he does he does every night he watches TikTok in bed for at least two hours. No, Chris. He loves TikTok. <laughs> um Chippendale Rescue Rangers, uh, which he's voicing with John Mulaney, uh, doesn't have a release date yet, but we think it might be April 8th on Disney+. Plus. So it looks like uh, 65 and Chippendale might be coming out at the same time. 
Should we watch Chippendale? Maybe a couple so. episodes. Can you get thirsty could, for a chipmunk? Can, that can be a, a no thirst episode. Oh, if you think I can't get thirsty for a chipmunk, you are for, in for the voice of a chipmunk. Sure, the voices, voice. Okay, voices are super sexy, Sarah. Super sexy. Um, we'll see. Anyway, oh, and the thing that I have had the most trouble keeping from you. Oh, I oh wanted no. to text you immediately when this happened but i and i tweeted about it and i can tell that you do not read our twitter because i was talking with people about it for an entire day okay this really blew my mind it was like a great moment in adam and andy podcast history so andy was um doing an interview with selena gomez for um uh transylvania for And um, the interviewer was asking them a bunch of either or questions. Would you like to be this or this? Right. One -hmm. of the questions was, Andy and Selena, would you rather be half horse or half fish? Okay. And here's Andy's. What kind of question is that? I'm sorry. (laughs) Here's Andy's. I think because they're monsters and trans. I don't know. Uh, Here's Andy's answer. He's first of all, he said he'd rather be a mermaid. And this is why he says centaurs i mean with apologies to adam driver are kind of a bummer to look at uh he was he was the best that it could be but generally speaking i don't want to see a centaur's butt everyone likes a mermaid (laughs) so adam andy commented on the Burberry campaign. It was like, oh and they're playing a video of the Burberry campaign, like next to his head while he says this. And I swear to God, I ascended to another plane. I was like, like, oh my they're God. They're talking about each other. Ah! <laughs> uh, so one step closer to what you and I, which would be the final episode of this podcast, which would be for Adam and Andy when to be in the same. They meet us fucking and to, <laughs> to interview them together, a four person. Yeah, sure. That would happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I was thinking more of Adam and Andy being in the same movie, but I like where you're going with this. So we would interview both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that would. This, be of course, would be after we're rich and famous, and people go sure. back into our archives sure. and go like, "Hey, they used to do this show. Like, weird. We'd be so fam- famous <laughs> that they would feel compelled to talk to us because they wanted a piece of us. Like, because we'd be that famous. Oh yeah, for famous. sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like this fantasy world that you're talking about here. I I'm into it. Um. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's all the Adam and that's all the Adam and Andy news that I've got. Sarah, are you ready to talk about the series finale of Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jesus Christ, I have so many notes. By the this way, this is I have like a, a new uh, notebook. My ooh, parents got me this notebook. Nice. Uh, for my birthday, I think I'm pretty sure that they wrote me this lovely note. I'm pretty sure that they wanted me to write like stories or perhaps poetry in here. Uh, I'm not sure if this is what they intended, but <laughs> I needed a notebook. Moments so. of thirst. Let me moments write you a haiku thirst. about my moments of thirst. <laughs> we should. Um, that'll be season four. All of the moments of thirst are haikus. Um, okay. So you were saying something and I interrupted you. Please go ahead. Oh, yes. Um. So this is like so fast paced and so like convoluted is the wrong word because it's not 
convoluted has a a negative connotation, but I mean it in like it is like it is yes. like intricate as fuck. Like it's just I wrote like down, layers. Upon I wrote down layers. emotional whiplash. Emotional this, whiplash. This yes. episode gave me emotional whiplash. I'm not saying it's not satisfying. I'm just saying I I felt like pulled in a like, lot of woo, directions. Woo, it was like. Woo. It was like the writer's room was like, we're going to cram every fucking thing into this episode yeah. that we can. Yeah. And I'm not saying I didn't like it. I liked that approach, but it was, ca- cra- it was, in- it, was it was a disorienting. crazy ride. It was disorienting. Yeah, for sure. We were on sure. a roller coaster. I felt like I was on a roller coaster, for sure. Um, so the basic premise of this last episode is, and I think a good idea, uh, they ended this this with one of the most beloved uh, conventions of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is the heist. Now, I know you and I left off season one, so you haven't seen. So I think a lot of this might be more meaningful to you. And I'm I'm going to be firm about this. I think then we when we get to the end of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think we should watch season eight again. Because you don't realize how far ahead that's going to be, Sarah. We're watching like two episodes every other week. Mm-hmm. It's going to take us years to get through the show again. So by the time we get back to season eight, it'll probably be like two two or three years from now. And I feel like we need to watch season eight again, just so that we can get the context. But anyway, uh, the heists are basically a fan favorite episode every season, right? Yeah. So they decided to end Brooklyn Nine Nine with a heist. How did you feel about that? Um, I had only ever seen the first heist, so I didn't mm-hmm. get the 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 magnitude of the heist like they really built it up and i was like oh so this is something that happened again and again but i only saw the first one so sure but uh how did you feel about that as opposed to like just a regular episode with a case oh i preferred it yeah me too i think it was good to have something like it would have felt like it was a weird yeah it was good for it to be spectacular it was like it was like a fire it was like fireworks that hit you in the face yeah. Spectacular. Um, yeah. So the premise is they're going to do a heist, but Jake and Amy have secretly planned, and I thought they were going to draw this out much longer. I was like, oh, who's his conspirator? Yeah. Uh, they were going to, pl- they planned this heist, this elaborate heist that was really a way to create the best goodbye for everyone. Mm-hmm. Because at the top of the episode, Jake reveals that he is leaving the 9-9. Mm-hmm. So how did you feel about that? Um, keeping in mind that one of our things that we said earlier about season eight was that we really wanted to see a little bit of Jake making sacrifices for to be a parent and, you know, being involved. And that was something we wanted and they gave it to us. So what did you think about that? Yeah, I thought that was um, I I guess it didn't make sense for his character but it, it it was good for where we are in society like it was kind mm-hmm. of like it felt like it was like the writers being like men should stay home with their kids like i i think that's good mm-hmm. i just think for jake mm-hmm. i didn't see any uh what's the word foreshadowing for that like there was mm-hmm. no indication in any other episode mm-hmm. I haven't seen the whole series, but I sure. assume that he loves his job and he's always really he does, into yeah. his job. Mm-hmm. And so for him in the last episode to just be like, I'm giving it up and it's not a hard decision and it's no big deal and I'm perfectly mm-hmm. content. Um, mm-hmm. it, I guess it didn't 
Okay, that's great. And I would hope that more men would feel that way, but it didn't make sense for his character. Yeah, it was, um, it was, I, I, I'd like to think, I would like to see how we feel after watching the series as a whole. Um, I do think that there, the goal there was to show, and they kind of spelled it out for us. The goal there was to show that Jake had grown up Mm -hmm. and that he wanted to be different than his father, which you haven't really gotten into his, we haven't gotten to his father yet in the show, but you'll meet his dad and how his dad is like, you know, basically so devoted to his own life and work that Jake is basically not even something he thinks about and how that was really hurtful to him. So I think that all the pieces are there, but yeah, I think that it feels a bit like maybe we could have had a bit more foreshadowing, but I don't know. Maybe if we go back and we watch the whole thing uh, in order uh, instead of jumping around the way that we did, um, maybe it would feel differently. I don't know, but I, I definitely, I think I'm in agreement with you there about that. I do think, I do like that they included the line about him, like he wasn't ready before, but he is ready now. Cause I definitely feel like for me, there have been times in my life when like, like a year before or like two years before or whatever, it would have been like, absolutely not. Like mm-hmm. I would not have d- done that. But then like you get it's to like a place this where it's like, it's the right thing. It's this po- like this podcast. Like if I had brought this to you before the pandemic, you would have been I brought like, this to you. Fuck no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I probably would have been like, yeah. Uh, I'm just kidding. Anyway, not to bring it back to us. Make yeah. Sense, but no, but yeah, yeah, no, I you're think, right. I think that there are definitely, that's a real thing that like you cannot be ready for something at one point in your life. And then one day, all of a sudden you are. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think they handled that as best they could on a sitcom. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of double crossing. Yes. A um, lot of back. Like a lot of like, you don't know what's going on. You constantly which have like is, the rug being pulled out from from under you. <laughs> which is characteristic of the heist episodes. Yes. Like you only saw the one, but every heist episode is basically like these two team up, but really one of them betrays the other. Or these folks say that they're not in the heist, but really they are. And so that's like a really common thread. Yeah. They just really upped the ante. They just yeah. like really, they were like, we're going to raise thing with the Terry. stakes. The thing with Terry was hilarious. Let's talk about Terry. So oh Terry gosh. is in line to be captain. Uh, Holt mm-hmm. is leaving, which again, I had to, rem- when I turned the episode on and uh, Jake was like, you know, I'm, you know, like, uh, I'm gonna we got to say goodbye because this is going to be you and Holt's last day. And I was like, what? what? And I had to go back and go, oh, right. So Holt is going to be heading up this division of against, basically trying to prevent police brutality. So police reform. Which, hey, man, they took that story and they carried it the whole season. They didn't mm-hmm. use it as like a very special episode. They they actually carried the story through. So Holt's life has now and Amy's has forever been changed by this. His passion is I am going to reform the police and Amy is now going to be a sergeant. And where does that leave Jake? Well, Jake has decided, okay, I'm going to stay home with Matt because that makes sense. And then, and Terry's going to, is up for this captain position. So Terry's supposed to go to an interview and he is not going to participate in the heist. No. He's uh, responsible. Th- they have notarized a letter saying that he cannot participate in the heist. I really enjoyed all the Kool-Aid man jokes. That was good stuff. I didn't understand the Kool-Aid Man jokes because, like, Jake was like, you have oh. the build and personality of Kool-Aid Man. And I was like, what? He doesn't okay. have, the, he doesn't have the, the build. But you know who the Kool-Aid Man is, right? He just busts through walls. Yeah. Right. But you know. But he's, like, 
he's has a big belly and okay that's true and he does he's exuberant like the kool-aid man though i think that's true that's i true. think the build not so much like i de- like ter- terry is uh, athletic i don't yeah, think the kool-aid athletic. man he's he's is. like a, an upside down pyramid but he's not a pitcher no uh but still i enjoyed all the kool-aid man jokes that was pretty funny um yeah so he goes to this what we what turns out to be a fake interview yeah. that was very twisty turny he yeah, goes to yeah. the interview they call him from his butt which was very funny i love any i love moments of secondhand embarrassment that's always yeah. good it you know jake is like it, it's you've got to answer your butt terry yeah um and they're doing uh so he's in the interview then he realizes that that he thinks the interview is fake Mm-hmm. He gets back to the precinct. Holt says, no, that was a real interview. Then they have to go back and apologize. And the guys, like, no, this was fake. And wait, and did, Holt, did Holt know it was fake or did Holt think Holt it was real? Holt it up. Holt is the one who set up the fake interview okay. because he wanted, because he knew that if Terry wasn't participating in the heist. Wouldn't that have been even better if Holt didn't know that it was fake and like that guy was the one who came up with it? Well, everybody had to have their own double cross. And so Holt's was that he set up this interview, but apparently Mm -hmm. Terry got the job already. So he didn't need to go to the interview because he's already got the job. Um, But yeah, so Holt had set up. I feel like this is I feel like this is Logan Lucky all over again. I'm yeah. like trying to unravel this shit and I it's baffling. Um, but I don't care. I mean, I do feel like things were really fast paced and I had a little bit of trouble following it at times, but overall it was satisfying. Um anyway, so Holt set up the fake interview because if Terry is not participating in the heist, then everybody's gonna be really sloppy around Terry. I think one of the things that comes through in this episode is how well they all know each other. Like everything they do to double cross each other is a prediction correctly mm-hmm. of what someone is going to do in the mm-hmm. group that they mm-hmm. don't realize about themselves, which is cool. Yeah. I think that is more again a theme of family and how this is a family and nobody knows your that you, you better than your family. And that is something that the show has always been about. And so I think that carried through, but yeah. So, uh, everybody's a little sloppy around Terry. They tell him their plans. Terry knows where the real metal is. And you know, the gold metal, it's made of gold, not gold, gold. <laughs> Never heard of it. Well, it's fake. <laughs> I know. It's fake. I know. <laughs> uh, there were some good jokes in this episode. Yeah. The, it, it was, the writing was Yeah. Fast. The writing was snappy. I feel like they were all talking so fast that if they had been talking at normal speed, this episode would have been an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were like, um, la, 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 la. yeah, it was like joke, 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 joke. It was like the AirPods. I'm sorry, I'm just throwing throwing things, Go for things, it. things out Go there. Go for it. Yeah. Um. So you've got the whole thing going on with Terry. Uh, I did write down Jake has come so far. I was just really happy to see that, especially where we start with him in season one, where he's really kind of selfish and mm-hmm. doesn't trust other people to do the things the right way. Always like he has to butt in. And I think you really see him like caring more about the other people and their experience of this heist than himself, which I thought was sweet. Thought it was he very brought sweet. out the first tie that he bought. Um, I know. The when, one that, is that the one that he whole, wears around yeah. his chest? <laughs> yeah. Secret tie. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very sweet. I I cry I I actually cried several times during this episode. I don't know if you did. I did. 
you didn't because I could tell because you're making that face. Aww. I cried <laughs> several times. Like, well, I haven't f- seen the whole series, series so I'm not attached to these char- char- characters yet. I was, yeah, I got very, I got very misty a couple of times. The first time was when Jake said that he wanted to make this the last goodbye. Um, I'll get to, I guess, some others as they come up. Uh, oh. So they're they're on a scavenger hunt. We kind of were lost over that. But so the whole Terry thing is kind of a, the B plot. But um, they're on a scavenger hunt that basically allows them in very rapid fire. I feel like this is where the emotional whiplash came from most for me was that it was a bunch of inside jokes, basically a bunch of inside jokes where they're calling back to other episodes, which included the cannibal, which I don't think you've seen yet. Uh, Tim Meadows is the cannibal. Even though I couldn't completely remember what his episode was about, I still I love Tim Meadows, and I thought his embroidery was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> also, the way he like tried to eat Jake like, yeah. as he got too close to him, I was like, "That's amazing." I guess I ca- did. You expect to see um, Craig Robinson come back for? Yeah. I know we already well, wrapped he already up his story. Back, yeah, I know, but I kind of I almost expected him to make a phone call or something. I thought mm-hmm. maybe we'd see him one last time, but we didn't. Uh, that's okay. I'm just saying. Um, Oh, wow. I think I skipped. Did I skip a whole page? No, I didn't. I guess I just. (laughs) Oh, I guess I didn't realize that the Kevin and Cheddar tattoo happened. So I thought that happened near the end of the episode, but it's in my notes. What did you think of the reveal of the tattoo? Well, I'm glad that we got to see the tattoo because that would have been disappointing if we we Mm -hmm. never got to see it. But I thought it was really funny how he was just like, I asked for a tattoo of Kevin and Cheddar. I don't know why they combined it into one thing. <laughs> I laughed so hard. That tattoo was horrifying. It was bad. It was nightmarish. I also love how he's just very casual about it. I can imagine. I just am picturing in my head that Kevin like hates it. Yeah. Like that Kevin is like, can we get this burned off? <laughs> um, I just love how he was like, this is a very good distraction or great distraction or something. He, like he, He's like, like, it's the purpose distraction because they're supposed yeah, to run yeah. out there. And, um, also, they so they're reliving a bunch of old jokes. I didn't write them all down. One of them, of course, is... Have you seen this episode yet? The one where they sing the Backstreet Boys? No. At the beginning? Okay, I won't spoil that for you. I actually love that scene so much that I show it in my editing class. Like when we're talking about editing, uh, I it's kind of my example of like sort of a modern comedic uh, shooting style and, and the way that that scene is edited. But anyway, so I've seen that a, a particular scene hundreds of times. But uh, also we get Gina back. We get Gina yes, back. Gina and her... Uh, what is the what is the line she keeps saying? Um, surprise reveal. Surprise or- reveal. <laughs> something like that. And yeah, then like yeah. an- yet an- another surprise reveal. Yet and another surprise reveal again. And then wet shirts. Sur- surprise reveal. Right when like- she takes her tooth out. Yeah, I think she. I don't remember how she lost that tooth. I feel like it may have been she got hit by a bus at one point. Uh, so it's possible that she lost. I think maybe that was when she lost. Her she team. definitely seemed rustier than the rest of the actors, like in terms of acting. Oh yeah, yeah. She def- like she was very sharp in the first mm-hmm. se- season, just like really like yeah polished, and she mm-hmm. looked like she'd been not working for a few few years. I don't know. Maybe she's working on something else though. I she think also, she's probably she- at home with her kids. 
Maybe, but she also might be working on something that's maybe a different style. Uh, I, you know, that's fair. I didn't feel, I didn't, I don't agree. I feel like, uh, I feel like maybe what I would agree with is that her presence felt different. Like she didn't feel like part of the group anymore. Mm-hmm. She felt like a supporting character. Yeah. She like, felt like she'd like, been called in and been like, I don't know. And they're like, you have to for the, for the series. No, no. And she's I, like, I don't, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I don't feel like, I don't feel like Chelsea Peretti didn't want to be there. I feel, felt like Gina didn't feel like part of the fabric of the group anymore. The character, mm-hmm. um, which maybe because she's been gone so long, she shouldn't. Um, but it, there were a lot of surprise characters that came in. The janitor, who I don't, I don't remember. That must be some episode. I don't remember. Uh, you know, uh, Bill, who's always and and all the episodes of the heist. I don't know if you've seen Bill before. Did was Bill in the first heist? The Charles double, Charles's double. Anyway, no, he will. He okay, not. well then you'll see him in the future. But she, he, she felt like that a character we see have seen reoccurring, but isn't part of the group. Um, and that was um. That was a little strange, I thought, but it didn't bother me because Gina isn't part of the group anymore. Like she's on her mm-hmm. own. Uh, but I did. I she had li- some good jokes. She had some great jokes, like the uh, the her being rich and mm-hmm. buying a, a van. And I I loved when Holt lured her out of the car because he broke into her social media accounts and had Hitchcock and she's like Hitchcock and Scully are going live say I'm going live at the Olive Garden or whatever the yeah. steak and shake or whatever she said oh no it was like an Outback Steakhouse that was that was very funny yeah. Um, um yeah well Gina oh, yeah. comes in steals the tube and then they gotta mm-hmm. get, break into the armored truck and Rosa can we talk about her and how she like yeah. isn't gonna end up with someone but she keeps like like telling people people that she's getting married or that she is not people amy 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 okay (laughs) because and she calls amy a breeder which i thought was hilarious (laughs) she's like i don't want to settle down and amy's like okay well whatever makes you happy and she's like okay breeder like it was just really funny to me um you haven't met pometo yet Mm. um i first of all jason manzoukas came in made me he he took all my thirst like a a, and just sucked it right into himself the moment he appeared i was like oh my god zooks is here jason manzoukas is here with his majestic mane and he's talking about like fighting wolves and i was like um, immediately my body my body's too hot i gotta take my sweater off i'm sweating oh my gosh uh anyway pometo is in is a crazy in he's what you know the care we've talked about this before the six characters of comedy and and the in their own universe character pometo is like the in your own universe character but to the extreme where he's like you're just like this guy is fucking crazy like he's insane and i don't know what he's gonna do he might break into your house he might give you a hug he might kill you in your sleep you don't know uh, but he's one of uh, he's uh, he's Rosa's ex boyfriend. Oh, okay. Um, and he is a police. He was a police officer. I think at some point he gets kicked off the force. He's he was a detective. Um, but you'll see him later. He's insane. I love him so much. And Jason Manzukis appearing in this episode just brought me so much joy because I just love Jason Manzukis. Um, but yeah, she tells everybody that she's going with Palmetto. She's like, and this made me 
confused. She's like, I think I want to be with Adrian. And I was like, what? What? I was like, what? What the fuck is happening? So when she revealed that it was not all a ploy, I was like, of course it is. Like, I was like, if Rosa had gotten back together with Pometo, even though they liked each other very much, I would have been like, what? It, what the fuck is happening? And she did point that out. She was like, uh, we don't like you don't have to end mm-hmm. it, it kind of commenting on the whole, like people wanting things to end in, in marriage and, and, and babies. babies. Yeah. And I, I actually, again, this show is a lot smarter than your average sitcom. Like mm-hmm. I know that we're joking about how like they were just really throwing every joke at the wall that they could. And they were, but I feel like this show had a, this episode had a spirit of like, we know this is the last episode. We're going to do whatever the fuck we want, but they're also doing these little meta commentaries on mm-hmm. what it's like to wrap up a show. Yeah. And one of those is that, that they, it yeah. always seems to end with people moving away or having babies or getting married. And that's like the final episode of a sitcom. And, and I love that they were like, commenting on that and that rose was yeah. like i don't want that for myself and then she's like i'm gonna move in with deborah and deborah's like someone we've never heard of and he's yeah. like that's great and she's like i'm fucking kidding with you again <laughs> that was the yeah that was another time that i cried is when yeah. rosa and amy i felt like there were moments to me i don't know if you felt this during the episode where it felt to me like the actors weren't acting anymore. They were genuinely saying goodbye to each other. Mm-hmm. And that made me really like choked up. the scene up. between Holt and Jake yes. when they yes. were having I, their heart I want to hold on. I don't want to talk about that yet, but yes. Okay. Um, but Rosa and Amy saying goodbye to, get to each other felt like Stephanie and Melissa saying goodbye to each other. And that really made me emotional. Um, I really enjoyed that they gave them that moment. Women don't get those moments in shows very often. They don't get a moment to celebrate their friendship, you know? They don't often talk to each other at all. And this show has really had not just Rosa and Amy, but also Gina. There was female friendships that carried on throughout the show. They had their own storylines. They had their own arcs together. And that's not something that's common in every show. And so I'm really glad that they had an opportunity to say goodbye to each other as characters. That was really important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I'm this episode. I'm just like flying down my list of fucking notes here. Um, I loved the magnet suits. That made me laugh. Remember uh, Jake and Charles had to wear the magnet suits so that they could like he could stick to the bottom i don't know why charles had one but jake had one so he could stick to the bottom of the armored car Mm. and then holt uses it to freeze him in the car so that he can get i remember the magnet finger with the teeth that oh the teeth that was disgusting (laughs) (laughs) um so i think one of the things that did fall flat for me and maybe this is because i felt like they already had this moment was Jake and Charles saying goodbye to each other? Mm-hmm. There was something weird about it. I don't know what. It just didn't feel. Um, first of all, I don't really feel like Charles and Jake are going to stop hanging out. Like, I feel like yeah. they're going to take their kids to the park and go get beers together and shit. So, but yeah, Charles finding out about the letter did feel like I was like, yeah, Jake should have told him that he was leaving. Like, he shouldn't. Mm-hmm tell him in a group like everybody else like mm-hmm. he's his best friend he should have told him privately mm-hmm. i don't know there was something is about the way that whole friend? thing Do, i feel like charles thinks 
that mm. Jake is his best friend, but does mm-hmm. Jake think that Charles is his best friend? I think yes. I mean, I think Amy's his best friend, but if he had mm. a best friend in second command, it would be Charles. Holt is like his replacement daddy. Mm-hmm. But Rosa's also, I don't know, he's got a lot of best friends, but I do feel like Charles and him are tight. They're like buddies. And Jake is Charles's best friend for sure. So he probably should have told him one-on-one. That mm-hmm. scene was where they're in the where they're in the little place. And also yeah. they that was a flashback that was not about so, like I think it would have meant more to me if they were in a place where that was meaningful to Char- Charles and Jake, like from the show. They did like this fake flashback where they re- realized they were best friends, but it wasn't actually from the show that we know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't like I don't know that 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 little piece is the one thing that didn't work for me so much. I don't know. Okay. So let's fast forward a bit. So Jake lets Charles in on the plan. He wants to set off fireworks at the Brooklyn Bridge, which I thought was a nice touch because the one time they were at the Brooklyn Bridge was when you see the opening credits for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That was pretty cool. Um, And then, okay, what did you think when Jake woke up from his coma? What did you think about that? Well, when we first... When we're learning that he's been in a coma for like seven years or whatever, mm-hmm. and then like uh, mm-hmm. Amy has a new lover, and mm-hmm. like I was like, they better not end <laughs> it like this. Like this better be another like switcheroo kind of situation. Yeah. I was like, this is no. Like I was like, how was how have I not seen this on tw- Twitter? Like pe- people being Getting really outraged. pissed off. Yeah, and then then when Amy like pressed a button in the walls so down. so I was just good like, oh my god so good also you i don't think you've met teddy i want to say he's in like the second season but teddy is one of her ex-boyfriends mm. um i was really happy to see teddy back because he's so <laughs> fucking lame like he's so lame and i was like yeah. yes teddy is still lame um yeah. yeah i felt similarly i think again it was almost like a meta commentary on how a lot of shows a lot of shows end. A lot of shows are like, fuck you. Take a big turn and they're, the audience is like, how fucking dare you? I yeah. knew it was fake. Like, I immediately was like, okay, this is part of the heist. Amy, this is Amy's double cross. But it still made me feel very upset. Like, yeah. the idea of Jake missing seven years of his son's life I know. and yeah. Amy getting back with Teddy and, like, all of it. I was just like, okay, I know this isn't real, but please fix it quickly because my <laughs> body doesn't like this. I was very upset about it. Um, I also really, this was the, a great line. I, so I, it was so good. I had to write it down, but <laughs> so Amy's talking about, I'm sorry, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> Amy was talking about how her and Teddy got together and, uh, he said he's, they were like, Oh, remember when we went on that trip and Teddy's like, we were seduced by the city of Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, Oh God. Uh, Florida jokes. They always get me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that moment where the walls came down was pretty great. Um, okay, when Holt reveals that he's trying to make the best goodbye, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that actor, Andre Brower, like, he really gets me. Like, he does so much with so lit, like, without doing a lot, mm-hmm. you know, with his face and stuff, but mm-hmm. he gets me so, like, I started crying when Holt was basically like, oh no, like, I'm the one who's gonna do the best goodbye. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you know this, but so when they all get locked in the, um, 
the storage locker, which, by the way, that was great. Immediately I knew where they were. I was like, oh, they're in the warehouse from the first episode um, that they did their first job in. Um, that was, that's, did you recognize the woman who came out of the box with the, the violin or the cello? Mm -hmm. That's Andy's wife. Really? Joanna Newsom. Yeah. Huh? I love <laughs> the part where he insults her. And then later she's like, I like, she's like, I, I, I she's like, I'm going to miss all of you. Or I'm going to, I like all of you, or I'm happy for all of you, except for the ugly one who told me that my music wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like talking about Andy. And I was like, yeah. Nice. <laughs> so I was like, oh, what a great cameo to have Andy's wife in the show. Yeah. That's so great. Um, we get the 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 Kool-Aid man moment. Mm -hmm. Bursting through the, the wall. Uh, and uh, we get Hitchcock back for just mm -hmm. that one episode. Yeah. That one moment. And Hitchcock wins he the heist. Yeah. Wait, did did we talk about the Jake and Holt scene? No, that's did after this. That's after this. So okay. he, they, so Hitchcock wins. He, he, he's the one who wins the heist. Uh, and then Andy starts talking to every. He basically says to everybody, like, "Hey, we were all trying to one up each other." And he's like, "I think I just really wanted a big finish because I, I was, I'm sad." And yeah. he's like, "Let's all just enjoy each other." And that was one of the moments, the first moment I think of the episode because the Amy and uh, Rosa thing comes right after that. That was the moment where I really felt like Andy was. Andy and he was not mm -hmm. Jake for that second mm -hmm. he was I felt like he was genuinely struggling with saying goodbye mm -hmm. to everyone um and that really got me so that was when I started crying again um so yeah let's talk about the Holt and uh Jake scene when uh what do you what did what did you want to say about that uh just basically that it's felt like the two actors saying goodbye um, yeah. It felt very uh, somber. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, the lenses were different. I noticed the shooting was different. I don't know if they shot it with just those two actors because I you didn't see anybody else behind them and the lenses were tighter. Uh, so it was definitely at a different look than the show usually does. Mm -hmm. So I think that added to it. But yeah. I don't know if they really wanted those actors to have like a really intimate moment with each other and they had fewer people on set, but I, it felt very p grounded to me. Again, it made me think about how, and I know that the, this was, this felt very like the emotions were very real. And again, it's this meta thing in this, in this episode where they're like giving the act, letting the actors say things that that's how they really feel about the ending of the show. And that's really beautiful because a lot of times the goodbyes that happen at the end of these shows don't always feel like they might line up with the way the actors would feel, you know, like the ending of the Sopranos isn't necessarily how the actors and the Sopranos feel about being on the show. But there was something really touching to me about letting the actors say goodbye to each other in front of us, which I know they said it behind the scenes in their own way, but it felt a bit like I was there watching them say goodbye to each other. And that really got me uh, that really got me choked up. It was really beautiful. And they did talk about how Jake had, had grown and what he had wanted all this time was for Holt to be proud of him. And Holt says he's proud of him. And um, and that Jake's like, yeah, I just want to be there for my son in the way that my dad wasn't. And it was just all of it. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How did you feel about it? Yeah. No, it was, it was very sweet. Um. I don't want to before we talk about the second ending, I just want to talk about because I didn't realize that it was going to jump ahead in time. 
Uh, I want to talk about the first ending, which is all of them leaving the precinct together. Um, did you just without without thinking about the second ending there? Did you feel like this was a satisfying ending? I know you haven't seen the whole show, but based on other um, shows you've seen, no. And the way they it, in- uh, I wasn't satisfied when like when the the elevator door closed. I was like, that's it. I was satisfied. I was ready to say goodbye. Uh, I also was thinking to myself, here's where, again, the show is smarter than I am. I was also thinking to myself how I I really hate it that a lot of shows feel like when they end a show that they have to turn everybody's lives upside down and separate everyone and say, we're saying goodbye because these characters are saying goodbye to each other. And mm-hmm. there's something sad about that to me because, yeah, we cert- we have transitions in our lives and things that are- feel like a big change. But, you know, the idea that these guys wouldn't see each other regularly is very sad to me and does not feel satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that it, also, for me, the tone of that scene was not a Brooklyn Nine-Nine tone. And I okay, didn't it was think they too serious end for you. on that tone. But they didn't. I know. Yeah. Which so we get it one year later. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we saw that, I was like, oh, God, what's going to happen now? Because I feel like this has happened on other shows as well, where they do an epilogue, but the epilogue is like, you're like, Terrible. Uh, like everyone's dead. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. But instead, they basically ended the show saying, yeah, we don't work together anymore, but nothing's changed. We're going to get back and do this heist every year together. Every year, the heist. And they pop out of places as a surprise. That was Um, one of the most moving things to me of the whole episode was that they decided, the writers, the creators of the show decided, we're going to leave these characters right where you want them. They're together. They're going to be together. And they're, they, they said uh, what Jake says, I think, I don't remember which character, but I feel like it's Jake says, we're in our each other's lives forever. And again, it the meta idea of, yeah, the show's ending, but we're going to let these characters have a happy ending where they their lives may be different, but they're never going to, we're going to leave them in a place where they're still together. And mm-hmm. that felt so good for me. I felt so good and and warm inside. And I absolutely loved it. I don't know. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, it felt it felt very uh felt very good. It felt like the right the right choice. Yeah. I would say despite the fact that the pacing was kind of balls to the walls, um I think this is one of the more succe- successful endings to a show that I've seen. Yeah, much better than the Dexter New oh. New, New Blood en- ending. I don't know if you saw anything on Twitter. I haven't seen Dexter, but I've heard, you know, there's Dexter, there's How I Met Your Mother. Uh, A lot of people were unhappy with the ending of Lost. Well, the Um, first Dexter ended in a what the fuck way. And then the second Dexter, Dexter New Blood, ended in a what? In a I'm very angry way. I heard people were mad about that. Yeah, I mean, or even trilogies, you know. It's funny. I was just watching, we've been watching the Matrix trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not going to talk about Rise of Skywalker because we're going to talk about it when we get to Rise of Skywalker this December, but um, the Matrix movies, I don't know. Did you watch them? Did they have any impact on your life? I did. No, they had no impact on my life. Okay. Chris and I were obsessed, like not in the way that I'm obsessed with Star Wars because nothing in my life takes up as much space as Star Wars, not even my own children. But 
Uh, I was obsessed with The Matrix. The first movie, I was like, oh, this is good. But the second movie, Chris and I saw it four times in the theater the week the day the week that it opened because after the first time we were like that was fucking awesome and we just talked and talked and talked endlessly we actually we would go and find people that we knew our friends we would go and say you are coming with us to see the matrix and then we're going to talk about it for hours afterwards and so chris and i spent years in between the second and third movie theorizing, talking about what, what might happen. I think what it, an experience I might be able to compare it to for those of you that are listening is uh, there were so many, there were a lot of people who were barely, and again, I'm not going to talk about Rise of Skywalker specifically, but a lot of people were very upset about the ending of Rise of Skywalker because they had certain expectations and they wanted things to end a certain way and it was very unsatisfying for them. And so they, it, um, it feels like for a lot of people, it ruined the other movies for them. Uh, I don't feel that way and we'll talk about that. When we, I mean, it didn't ruin it, the other movies for me. We can talk about what I did and didn't like about Rise of Skywalker when we get there. But for The Matrix, the third movie, matrix revolutions i remember being bad i was pissed in fact my best friend at the time who was also obsessed with that movie stood up at the end of the movie flicked gave the screen the finger and said fuck you like we were so mad spoilers for the matrix 3 if from 2003 if you haven't seen it but trinity dying neo dying everybody there was no satisfying happy ending for me they ended on three characters that were like i didn't even really care about them that much compared to neo and trinity the 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 ending was incomprehensible to me it 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 was like it retconned some things from the second movie or just didn't bother to explain them at all it was very unsatisfying and i was really mad about it um now watching it now knowing that there's a fourth movie has changed my feelings a bit haven't seen the fourth movie yet i think we're gonna watch it tonight so not no, I think we're going to watch the fourth movie tonight. No, I, I'm saying you haven't see, seen the fourth one yet? No, because we were re-watching the other ones. I hadn't okay. watched them in years, Sarah. After I saw the third movie, it ruined the other two movies for me. I've now watched all three, and I'm at a place where I can enjoy the first two and say, you know, the third one's not as bad as I remember, but it's not great. It's the weakest. It's not the ending I would have chosen, but I'm, I'm not as angry about it as I was. I hope those of the folks that feel about the rise of Skywalker that way. Hopefully one day people can get to that as well. Also, you know, if, if I can get Trinity and Neo back in the fourth movie, I feel like there's hope for Star Wars as well. But anyway, this is to say that we, there's something very cathartic for all of us about endings, especially when you spend eight years or more with people falling in love with those characters, you know, and very rarely do endings feel satisfying or give us the closure we want without killing off people or like, you know, dramatically making people behave in ways that don't feel normal for their character. But I feel like this ending was really satisfying. Uh, Mm -hmm. I felt good about it. It gave me all the emotions I wanted and also felt like a good ending while not taking away the things that I like about it, which is that these people are best friends and they belong together. They're a family. Anyway, are you ready for your moments of thirst? Nicole's moments of thirst. You don't have any moments of thirst? No. That's okay. I, I wasn't even you aware. thinking about that. You're, I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm, I'm thirstless. You're th- you were, you, your thirst meter was turned off. It was, turn, it was not turned off as in like repulsed. It was no, just no, like no. not even there. 
Okay. Well, fortunately, I am horny enough for the both of us. So I have a couple of moments of thirst here. Uh, my first is Andy's little smirk after he tells Amy that he's quitting the the nine nine. Um, first of all, I love it when Andy smirks. I can't get enough of them. And secondly, there's something so hot about a house husband. I can't even tell you. The man who will stay home with your children and cook dinner at night or whatever the fuck Jake is going to do, hot. Okay? Uh, I'm a breeder. Okay? I get it. <laughs> um, My second moment of, of thirst, and I can't believe you didn't predict this, because I, in my notes, when Jake got stuck to the side of the wall with the the mag- magnetic suit, I was like, yes, let's get Jake's pants off. Like, take your pants off, Jake. I got a little glimpse of Andy's thighs from behind. I was happy. Okay. Love those thighs. Love them. Uh, and then the third is his angry face when he feels betrayed after he finds out that Amy, that he didn't wake up in a coma. I just really like Jake's angry face. Andy looks like an angry little puppy. And I love it. <laughs> and those are my moments of thirst. Nice. <laughs> As you would imagine, I'm normally up for pretty much anything in the bedroom, but I can't tell if what happened was weird or sexy. Sarah, do we have any trivia today? I found this. Where is it? I found this. Who said it? The Brooklyn Nine-Nine quiz. Nice. So let's see. Who said it? I'm ready. Give it to me. Hold on. Hold on. Let me do it. Okay. You have 90 seconds. Holy shit. Okay. I'm ready. Who said it? Brooklyn Nine-Nine quiz. Okay. Okay. You're under arrest for ruining something perfect. Rosa, Amy, Charles, Jake. You're under arrest for ruining something perfect. Amy. It's actually Rosa. Oh. Good to see you. But if you're here, who's guarding Hades? Gina, Holt, Holt. Terry, Jake. Holt. Holt. He must have said that to. Correct. Yeah. One. She said I'm that to one. I'm playing Quasi Cupcakes. I'm hydrated as hell. And I'm listening to Cheryl Crow. Amy, Terry, Gina, Charles. Oh, that sounds like something Charles would say. Terry. Oh, Terry. <laughs> Hello, the other dork. <laughs> yeah. Hello, unsolved case. Do you bring me joy? No, because you're boring and you're too hard. See ya. Jake, Charles, Hitchcock, Scully. Jake. Scully. Scully. There were some oh. good Scully moments in this episode, by the way. Okay, no hard feelings, but I hate you. Not joking. Bye. Captain Wunch, Rosa, Gina, Terry. Gina. Gina, correct. Cool. I got a Jake. few. Jake, why don't you just do the right thing and jump out of a window? Amy, Gina, Rosa, Holt. Amy, Gina, Rosa. I think Amy? Question mark? Gina. Okay. Damn. Okay. Well, no one asked you. It's a self-evaluation. Charles, Amy, Hitchcock, Scully. I'm, I'm going to go with Amy again. I'm really... Hitchcock. God damn. Why are they giving Hitchcock and Scully lines? That's because <laughs> vampires don't appear on film. Gina, Charles, Holt, Scully. Gina, Charles. Uh, Six. Holt. Five. Four. Holt. Holt. Correct. Three. Two. One. 
And time's up. And your score is three out of nine. That's not good. I hope I can get better. I hope I can get better. I really want, can we do this again when we do girls? Can you put together one of these for girls? Okay. (laughs) I feel like all of the, it's going to, the women are going to be really hard, but the moment you pull a Sackler quote, I'm going to be like, I know that one. Uh, That was fucking awesome. Please let's do that again. That was so fun. Oh, you look awesome. Come the fuck upstairs. Okay. But wait, I have to worry about something. What? If you come up here, I'm going to tie you to my bed and keep you for at least three days. I'm just in that kind of mood. Okay. Are we ready to find out what we're watching next time? Sure. Uh, we actually have to spin the wheel this time because we we don't know. We don't actually know what it is that we're watching. Let me get it on the right thing here. And then we will spin that wheel. They changed the wheel look of it. But that's okay. All right, here we go. All right, can you see it? I can see it. Ready to spin. Ready to oh, spin. You you stacked the cards. No, I didn't. I did not. Wait, I didn't put it. I didn't. Oh, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I didn't see that it did that. Let me update that. <laughs> Shit, I didn't mean to do I was that. Like, there we go. Mm, I didn't. I, this, Nicole. No. Okay. Look, <laughs> listeners, they changed the wheel on me, and apparently, you can wait certain things more than others, and I didn't realize it. Anyway, what we've got on the list uh, this week is Patterson, Francis Ha. I promise you, Sarah, I will only put one Noah Baumbach film on the wheel each time. time. I'll never put two. We've still got a few more. Okay. Uh, Patterson, Francis Ha, Hungry Hearts, and Midnight Special. Those are the potentials for this week. So I think All I just right. click on the wheel and there we go. Oh, God, what's and it going to be? It's, <gasps> it's going to be Midnight be... Special. Okay. Midnight Special. Okay, cool. guys. Uh, all right. Let me, uh, let me just pop up a log line for you. That is exciting. I'm pretty fucking excited about this. It was off the wheel for a while because we were going to do a live show and then we didn't. So I've decided to put it back on the wheel. All right. So uh, Midnight Special, director Jeff Nichols, stars Michael Shannon, Joel Egerton, Kristen Dunst, uh, Adam Driver in there somewhere as a supporting character. A father and son go on the run, pursued by the government and a cult drawn to the child's special powers. Hmm. So there you go. Uh, He's a su- support poor. He plays this. He plays like you know in the sci-fi movies. There's always the scientist. Oh, okay. He plays a scientist. Yes. Okay. He's uh, his character is a beloved cat- character in what is known as the Adam Driver cinematic universe. I didn't make this up. <laughs> People talk like the fans know uh, the Adam Driver cinematic universe ABC is real. You. Yes, there, it's real, and 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 Paul. Uh, is a beloved character in the ADCU. So that there you have it, listeners. The next episode is going to be Midnight Special. Uh, Sarah, do you have anything you want to plug before we go? You want to plug that Insta that you've got sure. all those lights Instagram. for? Plug that yes. Insta. Hedgehodges underscore bodpaws. H-E-D-G-E-H-O-D-G-E-S underscore B-O-D-P-O-S. Yeah. It is my body positivity, hair, makeup, clothing, lighting, photography, portraiture photography, self photography. Love it. Instagram account where when I post pictures. Are you going to do my portraiture? Hmm? 
I need to learn more. I'm mostly just taking pictures of me and my partner. Um, and I'll be your model just for fun, though. You don't even have to put it up if you want a, if you want a, you know. Yes, I was actually thinking I'd have like you and like and like Ava or like other close friends over just to take pictures and practice and stuff because it's hard to take my own picture because. It basically is ending up having like my partner taking it's like a, a picture selfie. Yeah, so yeah. yeah or like because my, my camera isn't um you can't set the timer i can set a time timer but you can't click a remote i can't click a remote and it has to have someone in the frame to fo- to focus before mm. it goes so if there's no one in the frame and you click it it won't take the picture the picture like the mm. the time the t- t- timer won't start so you either need like a mannequin or which i don't i don't want to buy more things than i need like can you get an adam driver or andy sandberg mannequin um well they'd have to be my height uh adam driver is taller than you so yeah i know so that, that wouldn't work. work you could have him sit down in a chair <laughs> What is wrong with me? Someone stop me. Um, all right. So everybody check out that Instagram account. Uh, you can find this podcast, the Adam and Andy podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Does anybody use Stitcher anymore? I don't know. I'm usually on Spotify. Also, you can leave reviews on Spotify now. So if you want to leave us a review, that'd be kind of cool of you. Um, also, one of the things that I love most about the show is talking to people about the episode or just about Adam and Andy in general. So you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Adam and Andy podcast. You can find us on Twitter, which is where I spend the majority of my life uh, at Adam Andy pod. Um, oh, also, if you want to watch, if you're not already watching uh, the video feed or the vid cast of this podcast, uh, you can watch it on our YouTube channel, Critical Crop Top. That's us, Critical Crop Top. So you can find the Adam and Andy podcast there as well. I have one more thing to say. God, yes. And it's right here. What is that? Have you met with Brandon yet? Did he give you your gift no, yet? No, no, no. We Brandon, our mutual friend Brandon uh, was in a play and I, I couldn't, I just couldn't make it work my schedule. So I missed it. But he made both of us the same gift. <gasps> really? I can't mm-hmm. see it. So you can't see it. Okay. If it's, Do you want me to reveal it to you or do you want to wait? I want to wait until, until Brandon it. shows okay. me, but I feel like it must be Adam and Andy related. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Okay, well, Brandon and I are supposed to make a tea date. So listeners, uh, we'll we'll reveal Brandon. Brandon, our friend Brandon, what's his fucking website? We should tell people about it. Uh, look a it up. A boy and his bird? Uh, well, look it up. Look it up while I, while yeah. I chitter chatter about oh, okay. this. So our friend Brandon is an actor and a writer and a director. He's a wonderful person. Uh, but he also makes these really cool paper arts uh, shadow boxes and stuff. Um, and... He's been sort of getting into that a little bit more lately, and he made each of us a shadow box, and I haven't picked mine up yet, and I, I guess it's Adam and Andy themed. It's www.aboyandhisbird.com. Cool. Uh, and I think he's he taking commissions. He's So, you know, because uh, he has a bird. He has a, he has a parrot. Find him Dudley. on Instagram to see his work at underscore a boy and his bird. Wow. Okay. Well, now I'm really excited. Uh, I'm also really excited to watch Midnight Special with with you, Sarah, which we're going to have to do together, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've never seen Midnight Special. This This is one that I've been saving just for you. I've never seen it. 
I'm a big Michael Shannon fan, by the way. Besides Adam Driver, I also thirst for Michael Shannon. Again, I think it's something about his intensity. Um, Very intense. Yeah. So uh, anyway, listeners, uh, uh, let us know what you thought about the finale. Now that we finally finished Brooklyn Nine-Nine, let us know what you thought of the finale. Was it satisfying for you? Did you get all the feels that you needed? Uh, Let us know, uh, of course, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And uh, come back and join us uh, in... And on our next episode, we'll be talking about Adam in Midnight Special.